Now, there's no doubt in my mind that there's something that is wrong with, I won't say the world, I'll say the inhabitants of the world. The world's all right, it's just the inhabitants. So when we speak of the world, we're speaking about the inhabitants, that's you and I. There's something desperately wrong with the world. And uh, you know it, and I know it, and everyone knows it, but not very many people know what it is or what to do about it. But I want to tell you this morning, as we've come to observe the Lord's table, I want to tell you about Him who is the only one who can resolve all these difficulties that are in the world. And uh, we have come to fellowship with Him and to remember him and so we'll talk about him this morning but something has entered this world that has caused a great deal of problems and it's still here and of course you know and I know that that thing that entered the world was a little three letter word called S-I-N sin sin now men can deny it Men can rail on those who talk about it, but still there is something that's greatly troubling to humanity, and that thing is sin. Now, before sin entered the world, there was a man and a woman in a perfect garden. But something happened and sin entered the world but before that happened there was a man named Adam and Adam enjoyed a threefold privilege in relation to God he was in communion with his maker in perfect fellowship and communion he knew God and Adam possessed spiritual life and everything was perfect, a perfect creation. Nothing comes from the hand of God that's not perfect, and he sent forth a perfect creation with a perfect man and a perfect woman. But somehow that man was what we call fallible. He could sin. And so he did sin, and he, when he disobeyed God and fell, This relationship that he had with God was severed. It was over. And he became alienated from God. And we know that's true because after sin entered the world, when God came and said, Adam, where are you? He hid himself from God and that showed that this relationship with God had been severed so having believed the devil's lie Adam was no longer capable of fellowship with God and no longer capable of perceiving the truth he did not know the truth any longer We know he didn't know the truth any longer because when God came, 
where he was, it said he made a fig leaf apron to cover himself. That's far from the truth, isn't it? And men are still doing that, making their own, their own uh, items of righteousness as fig leaves to cover themselves from the wrath of God. And so after the fall in the garden, Adam no longer had spiritual life because the moment he sinned, God's threat, what was the threat that God made? In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the moment of the transgression, God brought that penalty to pass, and that penalty was strictly enforced against mankind, and he died, and he lost all contact, all spiritual contact with God. And he did not know anything about what the truth was anymore. And he was totally gone from that which is right. Now, what did he lose? He lost the way. He did not know the way to God any longer. And not only that, he lost the truth. He did not know what the truth was. And the worst of it all was he lost life. He died and was dead in trespasses and sins. And that's what happened. And men today, very few people have the knowledge of that, but you and I, God has made that known to us what happened to man. That's what happened to man. And you and I also know that in this same awful condition, all of Adam's descendants entered this world in the same condition in which Adam found himself after the sin. The same condition. You were born in the same condition because the scripture says that which is born of the flesh is what's flesh. It never can be anything else. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Has no knowledge of God, has lost the way to God, does know the truth of God, and does not have any spiritual life. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and you can pamper it and prune it and dress it up and make it look nice, but it's still flesh. And it does not know God and does not know the way to God. And doesn't care anything about the way to God. And we're born in that condition. A fallen parent can beget nothing but a fallen child. Your children are fallen. They're born just like you. They're fallen and estranged from God. And every sinner, therefore, every person in this world has a threefold need. You have a threefold need this morning. You need reconciliation because you have lost the way to God and you're no longer in fellowship with God. You need to be reconciled to God in order for the way to God to be restored to you. You need reconciliation. 
Now, secondly, you need illumination because you have lost the truth of God and your mind no longer can grasp the truth of God and so you need illumination so that once again you'll know the truth of God. And then thirdly, you need regeneration because you have lost life you have become dead to God. You, you're spiritually, you are dead. You're alive physically. But real life is not physical life. Real life is spiritual life. And you and I have lost life, and so we need regeneration. That is to be made alive again since we are dead. We've lost the way. We've lost the truth. We've lost the life. So that's our need. That's the need of mankind. You and I know that. And this threefold need is perfectly met by the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way to the Father. He is the truth incarnate, and He is the life to all who believe in Him. And so I want us to look at those three things this morning, the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the way. You looking for the way to God? I am the way. Listen intently this morning. If you're here and you need to know the way to God, Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, spans the distance between God and the sinner. Man would make a ladder of his own. And men everywhere this morning are busily making ladders trying to find their way up to God by means of their resolution and their prayers and their tears and they hope to climb up to God in some fashion after their own way, something that they can make. I talked to a lady day before yesterday and uh, she told me that her father expected a lot out of her and she said, I just tell my father that I'm doing the best I can and uh, I go to mass and I do what I know is the best thing to do. And I said, you think that's the answer to this thing with God, huh? For you to do the best you can. And I said, if that's so, why on earth did the Lord Jesus Christ have to come into the world and die? And she said, oh, I didn't mean that's all of it. Me doing the best I can, not all of it. And I said, dear lady, it's not any of it. And she, she got back. She said, what? It's not any of it. What you do has nothing to do with it. Or what you don't do has nothing to do with it. And she said, I'm, well, I'm faithful to the Catholic Church. And I said, well, let me say to you in all kindness that I believe the Catholic Church is the greatest abomination this world ever knew anything about. I can get away with that sometime. I said it real nicely. She said, oh, my. And I said, think now with me. 
you say you do the best you can do and and you're trying and you're you're attending church and you're doing all these things but there is someone who came into this world and was nailed to a cross and his blood dropped to the ground and the bible says that person was the son of god why did he do that and she just had no answer for that. She wanted to add what the Lord Jesus did to what she was doing. And I said, it won't add. You can't add anything to it because the Lord Jesus Christ is the way to God. The only way. And it's utterly impossible for a person to get to God any other way. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, the end thereof are the ways of death. Forget about it. Forget about any doing, anything besides the Lord Jesus Christ. But now Satan would keep a person on that road, that doing road. You see... He's not trying to make a drunk out of everybody. He's not trying to make a bank robber. Satan is happy when a person is going down this do road because just as sure as a person stays on this I'm doing the best I can road and I go to church and I do these things, going to end up in hell just sure as we're standing here and I'm standing here and you're sitting there this morning. And he's happy with that. He's not trying to make everybody be an out-and-out sinner. He loves religious sinners. And what faith must lay hold of, you want to lay hold of something? Ask God for the faith to lay hold of the glorious truth that Christ has come all the way down here to sinners. And the sinner could not come to God, but God has come where sinners are. And he has opened up again the way to God. He is the way, the way to the Father. He's the way to heaven. He's the way to eternal blessedness. And if you ever find the way, you'll find that it's, it's he, it's the Lord Jesus Christ is the way to God because he said he was. And I know that's a fact. I am the way. And then he said, I am the truth. Christ is the full and final revelation of God. He came into the world to make God known to sinners. Adam believed the devil's lie, and ever since he believed the devil's lie, Man has been groping in ignorance and error. The way of the wicked is what? It's as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 19. A wicked person, a person going through this life without Christ, does not even know at what they stumble. What's the answer to all this? Well, that's what we're talking about this morning. This book says having the understanding darkened. People have a darkened understanding. That's the reason you can't hardly talk to anybody about eternal things. Their understanding is darkened. 
being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18 is where all that's found. The three things, darkness and ignorance and blindness are mentioned there. And all men outside of Christ are darkened in their understanding and alienated from God and ignorant and blind in their hearts about what, what the truth is. Men just don't know the truth. The human mind now has devised a thousand systems. The most ingenious thing in the world at devising ingenious ways to get to God is found in the human mind. Men think all the time about how they can get to God. Some, well, I've done my best. Well, I'm good to my mother. Well, I go to church. Well, I'm a deacon. Well, I don't hurt anybody. I'm good to my neighbors. And men just keep on thinking this and that and something else all the time and run away from the one answer to this thing. God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions, Ecclesiastes 7, 29. And men just keep on seeking out inventions. There is none that understandeth, Romans chapter 3, verse 11. None that seeketh after God. And old Pilate showed how mixed up man is when he asked the Lord Jesus the question in John 18, 38. He said, what is truth? The Lord Jesus had talked to him about truth and he looked at the Lord and he said, what is truth? And that's the question all men ought to be asking. What is truth? I'm telling you the truth. The Lord Jesus said, I am the truth. Truth is not found in a system of philosophy, but it's found in a person. The Lord Jesus Christ is the truth. He reveals God. And as he reveals God, he exposes man. And if you're ever exposed before God and the glory of God is ever exposed to you, you'll take another look and you'll say, my, I never saw that before. In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3. In him. That's where all wisdom is. There's not a wise man in this world. We say men are wise. No man is wise apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in him dwells all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so I say to you, just in case there might be one here, you are ignoring him. Maybe one of you young people, what idiocy that is. How foolish that is. What will it avail you in hell, even though you've mastered all the sciences of man and you're acquainted with all the events of history, you know all the languages of mankind, and you're thoroughly acquainted with all the politics of the day, and you know all about this world. What will it avail you in that day? Oh, how... You'll wish you'd spent less time on foolishness and more time on eternal truth because I'm telling you who the truth is this morning. If you only, with all you're getting, could get understanding. A man can get everything in this life. 
He can get wealth. He can get prestige. He can get position. But if with all of his getting, if God would open his understanding and show him what the truth is, and with all his learning cause him to bow before him who is the truth, then he would have something. There's just, there's just not anything else. I read about a man who was a famous atheist all his life and and you say well I'm not an atheist let me tell you something if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ you're an atheist oh you say I believe in God no not unless you believe what he says you don't believe in him you see you're a practical atheist you live in practical atheism every day and this man was an atheist and all his life he'd fought against God and one morning somebody went to see him and found him dead in his bed and he had a piece of paper in his hand. And written on that piece of paper were these words. He said, I've tried in vain a thousand ways my fears to quell, my hopes to raise. But what I need, the Bible says, is ever only Jesus. My soul is night, my heart is steel. I cannot see, I cannot feel. For light, for life, I must appeal in simple faith to Jesus. His atheism failed him, but somehow I believe God caused him to turn to the only one who could help him in that hour. The Lord Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth. And if you know everything in this world and you don't know this truth, you're going to be forever in great darkness, alienated from God all through the ages of eternity. He said, I'm the truth. And then he said, I'm the life. I'm the life. Christ is the great emancipator from death. He brings men out of death into life. Now the whole Bible teaches, and here's where religion has gone wrong. Listen to me. This whole Bible teaches clearly that the natural man is spiritually lifeless. And that's the reason all this religion is not helping anybody because religion is dealing with people like they've got a little life. All they need to do is make their life better. But what we preach and what this Bible teaches is that the natural man is spiritually lifeless. He has no life. He's dead. He walks according to the course of this world and he has no love for the things of God. And Billy Graham and all from him on down say all men are just hungry and looking for God. I'll beg your pardon, a man is dead. How does a dead man look for anybody? God must do the looking if you're ever to be found. If you ever have life, God has to do the looking and finds you where you are dead in sins and trespasses. 
Because the fear of God is not upon the natural man. He's not concerned for the glory of God. He's not concerned for the things of God. All he's concerned about is S-E-L-F, self. And that's all he thinks about all the time is self. Self is the center and the circumference of all his existence. He's alive to the things of the world, but he's dead to heavenly things. You know that's so. There's not anyone here that could dispute that. Men are dead to spiritual things. The one who is out of Christ exists. Certainly men exist, but men have no spiritual life outside of Christ because he said, I am the life. And he meant by that, without me, you have no life. I am the life. When that prodigal son returned from the far country, what did his father say? He said, this, my son, was what? Was dead. He was estranged from the father. He had gone out in rebellion against the father. He had died to that father. He said he's dead. He was dead, and now he's alive again. He was lost, and he's found, Luke 15, 24. The one who believes in Christ has passed out of death into life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John 5, verse 24. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. John 3, 36. And he that does not believe on the Son does not have life. No one has life apart from him who said, I am the life. And so I'd ask you this morning, my dear friend, why on earth, since he is life, why on earth would you remain dead when he gives life? He gives life to all who ask. He's the one that causes the asking, and when you ask, he gives life. God is the first cause. He does all the initial things, and then you respond to what God does, and you ask him, Lord, give me life, and that's because he's already infused in you the life of God, and you respond to God in that. Life. Why don't you turn to him who is the life? All you young people, before you get any older, why on earth? Why? Why would you go through this, this world without life? Why wouldn't you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, give me life? May God help you to do that this morning. May he give you the power and the ability and uh, the, the want to, to have the life of God. Without Christ, like Cain in the Bible, men are wanderers. 
the scripture says they're all gone out of the way, Romans 3.12. They're all gone out of what? The way. I am the way, the Lord Jesus said. You see, he's not merely a guide who came to show men the path, but he is himself the way to God. He's not just a teacher. He's the way. You look to him. You keep looking to him. Because he's the way to God. Christ is not merely a teacher who came to reveal to men a doctrine regarding God, but he himself is the truth about God. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. When you see him and with your spiritual vision that God gives, then you see God in him. And God is revealed to you in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no way on earth that you can see God apart from him. Christ is not merely a physician who came to invigorate the old nature and repair it. That's what men teach today. God will help your life. No, he won't help your life. You don't have any life to help. He didn't come to fix you up. He came to bring you something. And that's something he brings is life. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. John chapter 10, verse 10. I've come to bring life. I've not come to fix you up and set your broken arm and set you on the road again. I've come to bring life. You're dead. You take you out of the way and put a new heart in you. That's the reason he came. But religion doesn't know that. Religion this morning get men fixed up and they'll last a little while and they'll fall out again and have to be fixed up again. They got to rededicate their lives now and keep on doing something like why? Because they don't have life. And then he said here in verse six, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Christ is the only way to God. It is utterly impossible to win God's favor by any efforts of your own. Other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.11. And neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. There's no other way. People say, what about this religion? You can have all of your religion. I'm telling you about a person, not a religion. I don't care about the Baptist denomination or any other denomination or any other man-made anything. I'm telling you about the Lord Jesus Christ. And this Bible says there's one God and one mediator between God and men. Who is that? It's the man, Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.6. So let's all praise him this morning. We've come to his table. Praise him this morning. Praise him for his unspeakable gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. And having brethren... Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus.
by a new and living way which he hath newly made for us through the veil, that is to say, through his flesh and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a pure heart in full assurance of faith. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 22, draw near to him. We've come to the table here this morning. I've told you about him. This table does what it represents him who is all of these things. This is a representation of him. He is the way to God. I have no other way. He is the truth and there is no other truth. He is my life and without him I'm dead while I live. And I remember all this about him as I have come to worship him around his table. <laughs> this do in remembrance of me. Well, Lord, who are you? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I believe that. I believe him when he said that. And somebody wrote these words, which I thought were so good. What the hand is to the lute, what the breath is to the flute, what the fragrance is to the smell, what the spring is to the well, what the flower is to the bee, that is Jesus Christ to me. What the mother is to the child and what the guide is to pathless wild, what is oil to troubled waters? What is ransom to the slave? What is water to the sea? That is Jesus Christ to me. He's all in all. And I stand before you and tell you that to this man that's speaking to you right now, the Lord Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. And I found him to be true in all things. And I have found peace with God. And I have reconciliation with God. I have illumination. I know the truth of God. And I have been regenerated. I've been given life by him. And if there's anyone here without that way and truth and life, I'd say to you, this would be a good time for you to bow before him and say, Lord, if you will, you can make me whole. If you will, you can. May God help you to do it.